Good evening. Welcome to 280B or not 280B. We're on a bit of a marathon this evening. Uh, we're doing another episode on gynae. We're still sort of ovarian. Almost done then. Um, we're almost done. We're just to- topping up, mopping up okay. some last minute bits and, and bobs. Uh, so we will do a bit of adnexal cystic lesions. Okay. And uh, we'll also do vascular adnexal disease. Do you know what I mean by that? So something near your fallopian tubes or, that, or ovaries or that area, it's a vascular issue. Yeah. There's one thing. Don't you tell me. Yeah? No, I'm not going to tell you. Got a funky name? No. Oh. Is this something you see a lot of? It's quite common, yeah. Oh. <laughs> They've just called it a weird name here. Torsion. Oh. <laughs> um, adnexal torsion. What happened? In happens? my head, I was like envisaging like a lump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, AVM. <laughs> uh, so, adnexal torsion, what happens? Tell me. Oh, you're talking about ovarian torsion? Or is there a difference? Well, why is it not ovarian torsion? <laughs> So it, it's the pedicle, yeah. which is like the adnexa, right? It's that region, that whole yeah, region. Yeah, yeah. And it's the pedicle of the ovary that's twisting, not yeah. like the ovary. It's the, it's the ovary pulls stuff. Exactly. I'm yeah. being pedantic because okay. like testicular torsion is the is that the inguinal canal or whatever. Yeah. So it's not actually the, te- like, anyway. But then testicular torsion wouldn't be torsion either, is that what sure. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sort of being pedantic. So but all that is out isn't torted, it's, it's pulling stuff. It's the stuff that supports it. And that supplies it. it that supplies it, exactly. Okay, so adnexal torsion results in twisting of the ovarian vascular pedicle. Mm-hmm. How do women present? Pain. Yeah, pain. pain, exactly. Um, and it's usually localised to the affected side. Yeah. So if you're ultrasounding in a very tender region, it's a big cyst. Yeah, exactly. Um, the pain can be episodic. Why? If it's torting and untorting. Exactly. Yeah. Um, torsion occurs mainly in who? Which sort of women? Uh, fertile. Reproductive age, yeah, women. Commonly occurs in pregnancy. Um, do you know which side it occurs? Yes, one is more, like mm. left. No. Um, it's the right side because the sigmoid is in the way on the other side and stops free rotation kind of, of the left more. annexa. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it can mimic. It's on the right. right I don't appendicitis. Exactly. So you were saying you were telling me that uh, the ovary is leading. Yeah. So what? Why? If it's heavy. Because it's large. Because yeah, because there's a mass. Yes. Yeah. What's the most common one that causes torsion? Ooh, top a good mass? It's not a bad mass, yeah. Okay. Mm. In my mind, it's heavy because it's full of hemorrhagic teeth. Oh, dermoid. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, that's why that. I said endometrium because that's like full of stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. my second one was hemorrhagic. That's yeah. full of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so very nice. I can um, also imagine they're probably like more irregular and funky and bigger. Yeah, so and like weird, like weird, they're not homogenous. Yeah, exactly. Really nice. 
Um, so typically associated ugh, with a cyst or tumour, anything that makes it heavy so it flops over. Um, the most constant finding in ovarian torsion, if you were to do an ultrasound? A large ovary. A large ovary, exactly. Um, and tell me some other things, some other Pain features. Area. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I know it does have a dog blood supply, but you might notice that it's like reduced doctor flow. Exactly. Other things? Um, um, oh, we might have some free fluid. Yeah. Um, and the mass, you might see. Oh, the mass, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the features here, it's got a unilateral enlarged ovary greater than four centimetres, okay, um, a mass on the ovary, peripheral cysts, free fluid, a lack of arterial or venous flow. Yeah. But as you beautifully told me, because of the dual blood supply, um, tell me the blood supplies again. So one's from the um, germinal. Why am I saying germinal? I don't know. Go Nadal's the word you're looking for. <laughs> um, and one's like the true ovarian. The true ovarian on the left comes... Am I doing the right thing? Sure. Okay. I'm not sure the gonadal... I think that's slightly wrong. I think gonadal is either the ovarian or the testicular artery. You can call it the gonadal artery. Oh, but when I looked at my supply, might be wrong. It, obviously, because I was looking for the, yeah. the anatomy, it obviously was just going to be me gonadal because it didn't specify if it was... Uh, yeah, I but think. In that same picture, it gave me uterine. Yeah, I don't know. But I think, uh, so... So they're, what, so you, essentially, technically, they're two ovarian arteries, is that what you're saying? So they're uh, an ovarian artery on either side. Yeah. And no, but I mean, of the ovary, there's two as well, isn't there? Laterally, medial. So the medial one is a, a branch of the uterine artery. Oh, shit, that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I might be a bit confused, but there we are. Um, so because of that, so you've got the... Um, lateral from the ovarian vessels that come from the aorta, mm -hmm. as you're about to tell me, and the medial from the uterine vessels yeah. that come from the internal iliac. Yeah. Because you've got that, you can still get flow on an ovary, even if it's torted. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's, it looks like, well, I don't know if this picture is right, but it looks like it almost communicates. So ovarian comes off further up, whether it's renal or yeah, aorta, yeah. comes and laterally supplies the ovary. And then, yeah, then from um, internal iliac, uterine, mm -hmm. uterovarian communicating, it's called. Okay. So one is uterovarian communicating artery, one is true ovarian. Okay. Happy? Yeah, thank you. Um, classic ultrasound we've just done. Oh, um, you know how I said that there are peripheral cysts as one of the features? Do you know why that is? For the ovarian torsion? Mm. I guess if they're peripheral, that's going to like pull it. No, so that's because follicles have been pushed to the by periphery that. of the ovary, either by the mass or by like swelling. Okay. Because it's torted, okay. you get that swelling. Okay. Uh, lovely. That's all I really want to tell you about ovarian torsion. I love that. So then... Let's talk about adnexal cystic lesions. Okay. So this is not ovarian cystic Sorry. lesions. No. <laughs> uh, but yes, I sort of agree with you, yeah. but that could be one. Um, do you know any others? Well, you, you told me one earlier, this is where inclusion cysts go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so some other ones I've got are a para-ovarian cyst. Okay. I've got a peritoneal inclusion cyst. Yeah. And I've got a dilated fallopian tube. Okay. And I've That's also... Yeah. Well, it's a cystic lesion, isn't it? Like cystic appearing lesion. But I like your pedantry. Um, so let's start with, let's talk about uh, like a dilated fallopian tube. Yeah. Tell me, why are they dilated, distended? Um, well, is there, could there be a blockage? Yeah. So obstruction. Why? Beyond it. Uh, because of the ovaries tortoise. Uh, no. Okay. The ovary torts on the pedicle. The... Yeah. Um... Oh, um, what if you get like stuff inside the fallopian tube that's causing, causing obstruction? So like whether it's malignancy or infection. Yeah, really nice. So the most common cause is um, PID. PID, exactly. Additional causes endometriosis. So like crap in there causing fibrotic change, tubal cancer, as you said, or post hysterectomy where they haven't taken out the tubes yeah, yeah. um if they've left the, Just the tubes in the area. eggs oh they have and yeah. but they've taken out the uterus hysterectomy but not hysterectomy. yeah thank you uh very nice um what might it look like a, a dilated tube <laughs> thank you yes they seem to like they really ham this up and i don't understand how it's so difficult but there are lots of like buzzwords okay. for I think if you don't can't clearly see that it's guess, a dilated in, in tube. We say this, then when you put an on like God only knows what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can get a thin or thick in chronic states, elongated tubular structure in the pelvis. The buzzword is a cogwheel appearance. What? We've already had that. No, we had a spoke wheel oh, appearance. Okay. So I had to look this up earlier. Cogwheel looks slightly different to spoke wheel. <laughs> okay whatever What's the um so spokes is like on a bike yeah. whereas cogwheel imagine an actual cog you get it like clunks around the outside oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah with me I get, yeah. um so you get like the clunks in uh the thickened it's folds the on the like walls of yeah. the tube um because they've become thickened and then another buzzword is string sign referring to the incomplete septae, i.e. it's a tube, not a circle with septa. Yeah. It's a dilated tube that's got like, you know, like when you see a blown Which up code on. Which way are they talking in that case that we're looking at the tube this way on or this way on? Well, imagine it's going like this, yeah. so you don't know whether it's a cyst with septations uh, or it's a wiggly worm with like wiggly worm bending in on itself. So they're not complete septa, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's just the walls yeah, bending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. that's the string sign. Yeah. Wiggly worm. A wiggly worm. <laughs> a fat wiggly worm. Uh, and then the waist sign describes a tubular mass with indentations of its opposing wall. That's the cogwheel, essentially. Um, it, well, so I think this is very similar to the string sign when I looked it up. It seemed fairly obvious to me that it was a blown up fallopian tube, but... Who am I to be so good at radiology? <laughs> um, a late and um, quite rare complication of um, like a blown up fallopian tube is that the tube can tort. So that incomplete septa will become a complete septa and you cut it off. 
So like imagine when you have um it's like a volvulus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh so that tube is so blown up and it's getting like squished around yeah. that if it just twists a bit too far, then you'll get tubal torsion. Oh, okay, fine. So it's not like ovarian torsion. It's actually the the fallopian tube itself has become yeah. torted. Yeah. And it's like a I think of it like a bowel volvulus. Yeah. It's just gone. Um Mandel has some other bits to talk about. So what are the difference between a hydrosalpinx, hematosalpinx, and a pyosalpinx? So hemato, blood, pyopus. Yeah. Yeah. So hydrosalpinx, fluid-filled fallopian tube, lacking any internal echoes. Ultrasound will show anechoic, para-ovarian tubular structure with incomplete septations. Fine. Hematosalpinx, blood-filled fallopian tube that can be seen in the setting of a ruptured ectopic ah. um, or endometriosis. Um, imaging shows some internal echoes and then pyosalpinx, pus-filled, re- resulting from PID, um, and you get to the internal echoes. So you can't differentiate the two of those on ultrasound. I think that's that one. Um, oh, some other little titbit about PID he's got written in here for some reason. Um usually secondary to gonorrhea or chlamydia on ultrasound you get the hydrosalpinx or pyosalpinx and you can also get um, a buzzword is an indefinite uterus which means that the margin of the uterus on the ultrasound has become a bit fuzzy i mean it's covered in pus i'd imagine um very good so let's move on from that another one that i don't know why it's in here before we talk about adnexal cystic lesions yeah um, is <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, oh, well, well, maybe I'll leave this one till the end then. No, no, Let's talk about that again. Hydro, it's um, not. It I yeah, it agree. is. Yeah, okay. that's what I was sort okay, of trying fine, to. Yeah. Fine, yeah. Okay, fine, yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, the two that are adnexal cystic lesions. Then, so tell me about a para ovarian cyst. Do you know what that is? It's an ovarian cyst that's next to the. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not an ovarian cyst, is it? Uh, so this is a congenital remnant that arises from the Wolfian duct. Yeah. Um, they are more common than you think. Some texts claim these account for 10 to 20% of adnexal masses. Oh, okay. Classically round or oval and simple in appearance. And they do not, capital letters, distort the adjacent ovary. That is a key finding. But they can indent the ovary. Well, that's very to it says here, but a good sonographer can use the transducer to separate the two. So you squish it in, I guess. <laughs> I'm such a good sonographer. Um, so that's a para-ovarian cyst, quite simple. And then we'll move on to our peritoneal inclusion cyst. This is weird. Yeah. Have you have you read this one? Because this one like freaked me out a little bit, but I was like, this is so gross. So this is... Um, when you get adhesions for yeah. whatever reason yeah. and they like envelop the ovary, right? Yeah. And then through that. No, no. So they've yeah, just yeah. encapsulated the ovary. Um, and then like in normal peritoneum, the peritoneum like absorbs any fluid yeah, or yeah. like any crap. Um, but because it's adhesed, it's like fibrotic, it can't absorb anything. So the normal ovary is like doing its business, doing some normal secretions and it's ovulation and a bit of bleeding and whatever. And you just get like this buildup 
of gunk in this adhesive envelope. Okay. Um, so the classic history, that's a, sorry, it's called a peritoneal inclusion cyst, which now makes sense why it's called that. Although I feel like it should be called an adhesional Yeah, agreed. We'll rename it, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, a classic history is a patient with prior pelvic surgery. They have yeah. to tell you that in the yeah. exam. Um, and then they have pain. Um, they say they can be quite tricky and say they've got history of like PID or endometriosis. So anything that's going to cause adhesions, like yeah. in that region. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then... So not only surgery. So it's not only surgery, exactly. You've just got to think about anything that would cause yeah. adhesions. Yeah. And the woman's presenting with pain. Yeah. And then they show you an ultrasound or an MR, and it's got a complex fluid-filled collection occupying the pelvic recess and containing the ovary. So it's yeah. a mass of some rubbish yeah. in the adnexa, and you've got an ovary in it. Yeah. Um, it's not uncommon to have septations, loculations, and particulate matter within the fluid. So it can have anything. Yeah, like debris. Um, And then key features. So it would have a lack of walls because you can't like see adhesional bands, right? So it's got this like passive shape that conforms to a round and you've got the ovary entrapped in it. So it looks like a standard ovary like floating around in this crap. Uh, Let me just check. Mandel doesn't have anything else. It's important not to recommend surgery for treatment. No because you're going to make more adhesions. <laughs> and the main differential of a peritoneal inclusion cyst is a cystadenoma, which has thick septations and tends to exert mass effect. A cystadenoma can be initial or serious. Well, quite. So which one? But um, what do they do with them? Antibiotics or what? I don't know. Hmm. You'd sort of assume that they just... Have to leave it, maybe. Yeah. Be like, sorry, you're going to be in pain. And maybe lose that ovary. But like, you can't do surgery. Yeah, well, the ovary would yeah, stop yeah, working, yeah, I'd assume. Also, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so those are my two cystic lesions. Okay. And then I've just got one final thing I'd like to talk to you about, which is I've got a lady who gave birth oh, yeah. yesterday. Uh-huh. And she is presenting with really severe right iliac fossa pain uh-huh. and she's got a fever she's, she's got retained products no i mean she might do but right. for the purposes of para uh adnexal cystic adnexal lesions adnexal things mm. no this slightly blew my mind I've never heard of this. So you can get ovarian vein thrombophlebitis. Most commonly seen in postpartum women presenting with acute pelvic pain and fever. Why fever though? That's quite random. Why? Well, I, um, I don't know. Can you, can you get a fever if you've got a PE? Yeah, you can. It's quite a classic feature of a PE. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I've said that with great confidence. I feel like there's something about you can you can have a fever. What and DVTs? No, not so much DVTs. Anyway, eighty percent of the time it's on the right. That is so weird. It's so weird, isn't it? Um, that oh, she's only too. I'm surprised. 
And then on CT or ultrasound, you see a tubular structure with an enhancing wall because it's inflamed. It's a thrombophlebitis and you can get low attenuation thrombus in the vein. Okay. What is the worrisome thing about this? What if you lose the vein? No. no. What's the worrisome thing about any... Mass, malignancy. No, thrombus in a vein. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, go somewhere else. Where? <laughs> to the lungs. <laughs> to the lungs, a PE. Not, not her boobies. <laughs> um, yeah, so acute pelvic pain and fever, classically on the right hand side. You'd, you'd feel pretty rock star if you were like, oh, are you sure? Have you ruled out an ovarian vein thrombophlebitis? No, so like, excuse me, what? Can you roll it out? Yeah, you'd be like, no, I can't! <laughs> Uh, righto, that's all I want to talk to you about. That is gynaecology done for the moment. We might revisit it later. Yeah.